Today on We Need to Talk, we cover part two of our talk with Wingate from the Roll With Me podcast about D&D adventures, and this time we tell some stories, and it's going to be great. Actually, I've got I've got two good ones off the, just off the top of my head that are about the same character, um, and I played this character. His name is Jack the Giant Slayer. Picture, if you will, uh, a halfling, hobbit, if you're familiar with Lord of the Rings, although we can't call it a hobbit in D&D because Wizards of the Coast and J.R.R. Tolkien are two separate entities. So, copyrights. Uh, picture, if you will, a halfling. Short little guy. Clad in leather armor. He's got a rapier. He's got a dagger. He's got a pet rock. And not like rock, like a, like a rock, like a bird. Like giant Greek mythological bird. It's massive. If it flies too close to the ground, it blots out the sun. Thing's insane. It's a baby, so it's a large-sized creature. It's like 10-foot-long bird with like a 22-foot wingspan. Um, it's awesome. So Jack the Giant Slayer got into some... Uh, some, some well, uh, choice situations uh, over the years. I played, him for, I played him for like five, six years, and one of them, we were in a dungeon. The first, the first big one. We were in a dungeon, doing a dungeon crawl, and we found this goblet. Um, and the goblet was filled with some like black red ichor. Um, they seemed to be gross, thick, viscous, you know, kind of like almost not uh, sitting in this golden chalice, right? So the paladin of the group, my buddy Sean, says, All right, nobody touch that. That seems pretty fucked up. So I said, I kind of want to touch it. So I went over and I went to touch it. So he said, Hold on, let me just cast detect magic on this first. Oh, yeah, it's magic. Okay, let me just read Aura on it first. Oh, yeah, it's pretty evil. It's real evil. There's a lot of evil energy just in that cup, just sitting there, just radiating from the cup. He goes, okay, yeah, don't touch that thing. And I and uh, I, I start experimenting with the cup while he's not looking, while the paladin's not looking. And I say, hey, I say to the DM, I say, okay, I'm going to turn this thing upside down. I don't want to pour the blood out of it. And he says... You turn it upside down and nothing comes out. It appears empty. Oh, it's cool. So I flip it right side up. I stick my finger in it. Well, your finger can't go past the seal, like the, the rim of the, of the goblet. Oh, well, this seems very magic, very strange, and very evil. I'm going to drink it. So I tried to drink it. <laughs> the paladin gets really, really mad. And what the paladin does is he shoots a little, a little blast of energy or something, a little magic, knocks the goblet out of my hands and into a pit full of like sewage and shit. I was very upset about that. But the DM texted me at the table and he said, a little fleck of that blood got in your mouth. And it tasted really good. And I said, huh, that's cool. So we continue playing. We back next week. Me back again, and he says, "Hey, remember that goblet that the paladin threw into a pit? It's in your bag. Remember that? Remember that it was full of blood? It's still full of blood." So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna take it. I want to drink it." And he says, "Okay, that's cool." Then we end the session, and we come back the next week, and he says, "Hey, just so you know, you're feeling a little funny, and you have a dream. Pick a color." It gives me a list of colors. So I picked a color. I can't remember which one it was. This was like seven years ago. But I picked a color. And he goes, okay. 
crawl on healing. You have dark, uh, and you have disadvantage when you are in direct sunlight. I became a vampire. Unbeknownst to the rest of my party, I became a vampire. And then I somehow like resisted all of the, the constitution checks, like rolled really, really well to beat vampirism. So I was just a dampier. So Jack the Giant Slayer, little halfling, little unassuming halfling with a, with a rapier and a giant pet bird, now had all of the benefits of being a vampire with none of the drawbacks. <laughs> That's pretty fucking hardcore. Right. Which, this didn't come into play until sessions, like months later. We're, we're in a different dungeon. There's a chasm that we need to cross. And he's like, the, the paladin's like, shit, how do we build like a bridge? We need to get somebody across. And I'm like, don't worry, I got this. And I just start crawling on the wall. <laughs> um, so that's, that's Jake the Giant Slayer number one. Uh, the second one, at the end of this campaign, the DM was trying to kill us all. Uh, we were fighting a dragon in its lair. It was, a, it was like a thunder dragon. thing was ancient, and it was designed to be a TPK. It was trying to kill all, all of us. So we're fighting this big, once again, a giant goblet in the center of the room. Jack the Giant Slayer has a thing for fancy cups. Uh, <laughs> everybody's going down. And the, there's like this 10-foot tall goblet in the middle of the room that the dragon is protecting. I'm like, what the fuck is this dragon protecting a goblet? We're all going to die. Fuck it. I'm going to see what's in this goblet. So I took my little lasso and I threw it up and I made my way and I wasted turns just climbing up the side of this goblet. Meanwhile, this dragon is laying waste to my friends. They're going down, falling unconscious left and right. I'm just a shitty little halfling dampier climbing up the side of a goblet. And I peer over and he says it's filled with this like murky white golden milky liquid. Great. I'm going to jump in. Mm -hmm. so, so I jumped in. <laughs> And he's like, all right, fine, fuck it, whatever. Goes around, my next turn comes around, and I go, I want to drink some of this stuff. <laughs> he just goes, okay. At a book, and he flips through some pages and finds the right page, doesn't show anybody else, turns it around, hands me the book, and he says, fucking pick one. And on the page, it is a list of boons, and it is a dungeon master's guide. There are like a list of like 12 or 13 different boons you can award to a player that are permanent. Um, they are, they are uh, permanent like stat builders, stat boosters, just a buff that stays with you forever. Uh, imagine new game plus in a video game. When you beat the game and you start over all of your powers from the original. Um, so I picked the boon of the Stormborn, which is immunity to lightning damage and immunity to damage from lightning-breathing dragons. And we're in a room with a lightning-breathing dragon that's killing all of our friends. <laughs> so I say, I'll take the boon of the Stormborn. And he goes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Should have thought about that one. <laughs> so he puts down all my friends. All my friends are unconscious. I just walk up to a dragon, an ancient dragon, shit-eating grin pull out my rapier and just start poking it. And we sit there for maybe 20 minutes, just rolling dice back and forth and back and forth until finally he's like, fuck, I can't hurt you. And I said, yep. And I just killed your dragon. So unsuccessful murder, but very, very successful halfling. <laughs> I fucked his dungeon. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I fucked that dungeon hard. 
Okay, so, so in that instance, was that an instance of the DM not properly planning? Or... No. Because <laughs> they didn't think of that possibility of you choosing a thing that would ruin the dragon. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, like, yes, I think it is like an improper planning. All that said, the person who was running that game is in my I've ever played with in my life. Um, he was really just looking for a hard out you know he wanted somebody else to take over start a new camp a fitting end for us so that's going for you know five six years um and so he had planned this encounter to kill us all so that somebody else could take over and we'd start something new every week and either he didn't know that the boon of the stormborn existed or he didn't expect me to succeed in the three turns it took me to getting up into the goblet, drinking the the liquid out of it. Um, there was a lot of lot of very lucky factors that I ran into. A lot of variables. Like it could have worked out anyway, but it seemed like a surefire way to to destroy a party was unleash an ancient dragon on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wrote in there a way. Uh, like he wrote in there that goblet which had that boon which had that yep. thing so it, it kind of almost seems like by design too yeah it was it was possible for us to survive because this guy like i said he is the best dm i've ever worked with he wanted to put us in an unwinnable scenario where we would all die but being a fair dm he absolutely put in a couple of ways that we could have beat the dragon hmm. Hmm. and that's super interesting to me that like like you go against everything that would be like the smart thing to do. Like you're just drinking whatever fucking thing you find at the bottom of a dungeon. Yep. Oh, that looks out well. That looks like blood and it's definitely magic. Yeah, I'm gonna drink that. Yeah, and it's totally evil. Fuck it. It's clearly evil. I'm gonna drink that. And that <laughs> I mean that happens it happens all the time and it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh the so the the party recently saved the little boy, right? So yeah. to do so, they brought all these materials back to the witch, and the witch um, threw them all into this cauldron, and she's stirring the cauldron and cackling, and she's like, get the boy! So they go and pick up the boy who's unconscious, covered in burns, bring him over. She's like, put him in the pot! And they all look at each other and then put him in the pot, and she's like, he has to go all the way under, put his head under the under the water! And they're like, what do we do? So one of the people just like shoves the little boy's head under the water. She starts maniacally cackling this way. She's like, <laughs> and she's stirring the pot and the pot's bubbling. It's on fire, bubbling, magically levitating. And then they, she's like, okay, take him out of the pot quick. So they take him out and he's fully healed. But Jesus Christ. She sh- they shoved a little boy in a pot made and by a witch his head under the water. And put his head. Sho- I made them shove his head under the water, and they did it. <laughs> like, they just fucking did it, dude. They mind will. blowing. They these, will do that. These were the new players. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. that's like a whole like uh, what's that experiment uh, where they just like test people's compliance. Yeah, I mean it is. It is like that. Absolutely. Just have some Stanford witch. prison experiment. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. But yeah, yeah, that that's that's kind of strange. So in that in that instance, were the characters role playing, or were they just kind of like taking direction? Because is that something they would have done? Like it, their characters would have done? Apparently, huh. I, mean, I mean, when you're 
are pressure and you're confused, there's no telling how your character is going to act. You can go and backwards justify it all you want, but I mean, when you're in the moment and under pressure, that's like that's what I said. Like when I said earlier, you get these real senses of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You get these real senses of pressure and stress too. You know, when you're in a combat or you're in a scenario that that is high tension, like for real. Uh, and and you can be backed into a corner and actually feel scared, even though you know you're sitting at a table eating fucking Doritos. Like they spent audience to save this little boy. There was no going back at that point. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a fascinating experiment for me to see if I make this seem like the worst possible situation where a witch is cackling while they shove a little boy's head under the water. A boiling cauldron. Amazing. Are they going to do it? What system is this? Was this 5e? 5e, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Cool. My uh, my Monster of the Week party just met Bigfoot. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. obligatory in Monster of the Week? Uh, it might be. Uh, my take on Bigfoot, everybody's got their own take on Bigfoot. Uh, my take <laughs> on Bigfoot happened to be that uh, no nobody in the, the this, you know, monstrous activity and stuff. Mm-hmm. They had never heard of him, so they thought he was fake. There's an ancient order of, of um, like, religious, uh, like, Zoroastrian priests that had also never found any evidence of Bigfoot. A lot of people think that he's, you know, some kind of simian something, whatever, missing link, whatever, uh, but no proof anywhere, but he actually exists. It's like everybody believes, like, oh, yeah, vampires are real, werewolves are real, the tooth fairy's fucking real, but Bigfoot? Get out of here. Um... <laughs> But Bigfoot is real. His name is Chud. He's 16 years old. His father's <laughs> name is Scud. Um, they both love. Wait, wait. Well, is that a is that a reference, a reference? to Rob Schraub's Scud, the disposable assa- assassin? Yes, it is. N- no, I was thinking of uh, Chud, the underground oh. dweller thing. Oh no, uh, Chud! I named so so originally it was uh, the first the first Bigfoot that I came up with. His name is Scud, uh, which is which is based on or which is a reference to uh rob schraub's graphic novel series scud the disposable assassin which is incredible if you haven't read it um and i hope they make a movie out of it at some point it's long overdue there was a really terrible sega game but it you know deserves a movie uh rob schraub's great he's uh, if you watch rick and morty or solar opposites or community uh he's dan Harmon and justin roiland's very good friend and and directs and voice acts in a lot of their episodes um anyway uh but but chud chud is his 16 year old son who loves fried chicken so they they were they were hanging out with uh with bigfoot in their underground lair i love it I, i'm yeah, Ch- lost <laughs> Go ahead. right now because we went from like Dungeons and Dragons to like Chud Bigfoot. KFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So another one of the games that I play, the, the, the game that I actually run um, is called Monster of the Week, which is very similar to D&D, except instead of a D20 system, it's a D6 system. So you roll D6s for your main stats instead of a D20. Um, and it calculates, you know, around there rather than in the higher numbers. Um, super, super fun. Um, and that's even more collaborative storytelling where you, you're just kind of like going off of each other and you let your, your, your party come up with, all I did was create a town and a few NPCs and say, okay, uh, this is, this is where you live. This is what's happening. Figure it out. And part of the game is like figuring out what kind of monster you're actually hunting. And then, 
uh, how to dispose of the monster or how to get the monster away from your town kind of thing. Uh, while all the while making sure the rest of the, the rest of humanity does not find out about the existence of the paranormal. It's very cool. It's a lot of fun. Is this like a modern day setting or is it like a different, like what, what's the setting in this? It can be whenever you want. Um, my setting takes place in the fictional town of Raven Creek, California, um, circa 2020. Okay. Okay. Have you ever played this game, Steve? Like the monster no. of the week type? No, I haven't played monster of the week, but I listened to the adventure zone and uh, they had the yep. amnesty arc yep. and they played monster of the week. So I'm very familiar with it. Yeah. Season, season, two technically of of the adventure zone right yeah very very good yeah yeah i just re-listened to the whole the whole thing and it's very very good it holds up man it it gets Mm -hmm. good it's it stays good it's it's a good podcast those mcelroy brothers they're they're very good podcasters very good podcasters i 100 percent agree what what's also interesting to me is like how different groups will do different things so Mm -hmm. i'm running two two um parties simultaneously uh and they're both running through the same campaign because i am way too lazy to write two separate campaigns and it's a fascinating social experiment for me to see how two different groups will do different things so there's one part where they go down into this well to fix the plumbing system um because they have medieval plumbing in in my world uh and when they're going down they uh, stumble upon a, a slime, and this slime is like acidic. So if it touches any of their uh, weapons, armor, anything, it will disintegrate immediately, instantly disintegrate. Mm. So it's... the first party goes down, and they w- the the guy who was in the lead of the t- rolled a nat one on his perception check. Oof. So he bumped into the slime, lost all his clothes he was wearing. Now he's a dwarf, completely naked. Lost all his clothes. Oh, good. And he lost his axe, which he was holding forward. I'm like, so how are you? How are you walking? I'm walking axe out, and I'm just walking sturdy and strong. Lost everything. And then they all, everybody in the party, proceeds to go forward despite having seen this and use physical attacks. And they all lose pretty much all of their equipment. The other party goes down, rolls a good perception check, sees the slime, does not know. That it's acidic and they all use distance moves arrows magic don't lose a single bit of equipment fascinating the ones that who is didn't know the ones wild. who didn't know it would hurt them use the distance the ones who did know they'd lose equipment use their equipment just did it anyway mind-blowing to me and then of course awesome. you have a naked you have a naked dwarf running around which is always yeah. hilarious okay so- i think that's obligatory too <laughs> So you said they did a perception check. Is that kind of yep. like they can? Is that kind of like <gasps> how in certain games, like there might be a trap that's hidden, but that trap only reveals itself if you like have a high enough stat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, so roll the roll a d twenty and add your perception modifier. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, that is how you roll check. a perception check. Uh, when you say, "Oh, yeah, give me a perception check," you roll a d twenty, you add your perception modifier. Um, your modifiers are based on your training, your level, and um, like your basically your interest in the subject. So your class determines when you pick. I'm a ranger or a fighter or a rogue. It'll tell you what um, what skills you're qualified to take. If you become trained in a skill or proficient in a skill, um, it adds a modifier onto your role. So same in like an attack role. 
Um, so your attack is a plus five. You roll a d20 plus five. That result is your is your attack rather than just a flat d20 every time. Okay. And is this perception say roll that they were doing meter? Is that like something they're doing actively? Like they had, like, did you make them do that or did they decide to do that? So it depends on the situation. You have a passive perception that is used if someone is just walking. Then I would use their passive perception of these are the things that you will just notice Which, automatically. Speaking of, fuck trying to get anything past a druid. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> um, but luckily for me, the druid was in the middle of the pack and they put the person with very low perception in the front. I don't know why. Uh, in this situation, he was walking and he's like, um, you know, I, I want to... Be on the lookout for things that can harm me. So I said, okay, give me a perception check. And what that's going to do is for the duration of until the next event, uh, give them this is what you see. And this slime happened to be um, translucent. So if they it had a certain DC, it had a certain number that it they needed to hit in order to actually see it. His passive perception would not see it. it. His passive perception was like a 12 or a 13, and the DC was like a 16. So if he rolled a perception actively because he said, I am looking for enemies, then and he rolled a 16 plus, I would say, you see this enemy. Um, and if they rolled under that, then they wouldn't see the enemy. In this case, he rolled a 1, which means mm. I get to take an action that actively harms them in some way i chose not to make it actually do damage but rather he loses equipment which he gets back to town he buys more equipment like mm -hmm. that's not it's it's a very short-term punishment but it also adds for some really interesting tactics now that their fighter doesn't a barbarian doesn't have their equipment doesn't have their yeah. actual um, things to use and you have a naked dwarf which is always fucking funny hmm that's the thing about encounters is like um, one of my more recent episodes of Roll With Me, we talked about balancing encounters and one of the big things to do, like think of it like you just think of it like a video game. You walk in, there's the big boss, right? And whether the big boss has a, 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 a literal a naval fuck ton of hit points or if it uh, if it every once in a while just becomes indestructible and sends out minions for you to fight all of those little things. So you, you ever play the, one of those games where you're fighting the big boss, or a big boss battle, oh man, and then it like, there's a break and it cuts and the, and the, and the boss takes a step back and you can't reach him for a second and he sends some minions for you to fight. Yeah. That's the whole thing about building encounters. It's pick any style of video game boss. Throw it together and that's what you get. The beauty of D&D &D is instead of playing a video game where you're sitting, uh, in, in my case, playing fucking Red Dead Redemption 2, playing Cowboys, right? Sitting on my bed smoking weed. I'm by myself uh, playing, playing shoot 'em up GTA, right? GTA in the Old West. Yeehaw Skyrim. And uh, I, I run into my quote-unquote boss fight. It's the, the fucking Lemoyne uh, bandits or whatever. Um, and great i i do my i do my gaming I, I have a good time huzzah i beat them i feel decent i'm gonna smoke another bowl but <laughs> that's the right reaction <laughs> right but i go and i hang out with 
my friends, even now in the pandemic where it's all remote, even sitting on Discord in a group chat, a video chat like we're doing right now, um, you know, with five or six of us sitting at our computers. Sure. I'm still sitting on my bed smoking weed. What are you going to do? It's my brand. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but now I'm talking with my friends, I'm interacting with my friends, and then we go into this boss fight, and shit, it's a dragon, right? And we fight this dragon, we work together, and we, and we have these like pack tactics, and we, and we, we create this, this battle structure, and we go through this whole process of, 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 of victory together. And there is a very real sense of accomplishment and a very real sense of pride that is shared among your group of friends, even though all we did just sit back, smoke weed, fuck off, and roll dice. Mm-hmm. It's really fun telling a story together, working together, uh, but also working autonomously at the same time. It's it's really really fun. Absolutely. Um, and, and I I take that as a role in, in DM and as a player, where you're still you're working together uh, to tell to tell this story and to to have a good time. And it it really really is a whole lot of fun to do. Um, what's what's also really cool is, and there are so many D and D podcasts. Um, I I actually haven't heard too many D and D like interview shows. So like that's what Roll with Me is so cool that it's it's yeah. along the same vein, but it's very different and it's super interesting. Thanks. I mean, that was the idea. Is that you know there are so many. But like adjust all my stuff now that my computer's dying. Um, there are so many real play shows, and there are so many like D and D educational shows. Like um, even Critical Role does a does a, a special called um, Between the Sheets, where um... interested <laughs> Be- between the character sheets, Pepin. Um, so where where people will uh, that didn't will get together. Nope. Didn't, 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 didn't change anything. We're still between the That's fine. Uh, where the members of Critical Role, you know, a couple of them will sit down and talk about mechanics and talk about how they've built their characters and and you know how to play the game. Informational, educational um, episodes of Critical Role, which are really really cool. Um, I want I wanted. Uh, I couldn't find one. Everybody's doing real plays, which are great because I listen to them and I think they're great. Um, or everybody is doing how tos. Also great because everybody needs to learn. Well, why don't you just take them and mash them all together and make an all encompassing one? I don't see any sh- podcasts that break down Monster of the Week and also Call of Cthulhu and also Lasers and Feelings and Honey Heist and. Uh, 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 Dr. Magnet Hands, all the fuck it, fuck it. There are so many hundreds and hundreds, thousands of RPGs that are out there. You see Pathfinder, you see Call of Cthulhu, and you see Dungeons and Dragons. Sometimes you see Monster of the Week, like in the Adventure Zone. But people don't cover all of them. People want to talk about their game that they play, which is great. And I love that. What I want to do is sit down and A, if I interview you on my show, I want I want to know what your relationship is to tabletop role-playing in general. Tell me about your love of Dungeons & Dragons, because most people play Dungeons & Dragons if they're in the tabletop RPG culture. Now let's talk about a game you've never heard of. That's kind of my formula. Like, tell me a story. Tell me why you love it. What's, what's, what's the most important thing about it to you? 
And then what does it mean? What does it mean for all of us? Because it's so culturally relevant. Like I said, we have athletes and actors and, uh, and, and just nerds. We have lab technicians and scientists and people who are in all different careers, all different walks of life that are and have been playing role-playing games for, for escapism, for entertainment, for, for anything. I mean, these, these games have stuck with us for, Jesus, it's 2020. These games have stuck with us for 50 years for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so my goal is for listeners to, when they hear this show, when they hear Roll With Me, is, is for them to learn something new, um, or find a new way to appreciate role playing, or just be entertained by the fun stories. You can you can listen to the show if you have never played before and you want to learn how to play because there's instructional all the way through. It's it's instructional of how to build a character, how to to how tos on how to DM. If you have been playing and DMing for thirty years but maybe you want to learn a new house rule or a new fun little mechanic or something you may have never seen coming down the road. That's just been hiding away in fourth edition. Um, something like that. Little, little, little fun rules and tips and tricks. You want to pick those up? Listen to the show. It's, it's an all encompassing show about tabletop role playing games because I love them and I want to learn more about them. So I want you to learn more about them too. And I think that really comes across at very well executed very high quality, very much suggested by me personally. Uh, so definitely go check out Roll With Me. What I I have, um, so when I'm doing, we're doing all this remotely, like you said, we're doing it through through Discord um, mm-hmm. when I'm playing D&D. So with this group, it's really cool because there are a lot of actual play podcasts. So it's fun to actually just like listen to a story yeah, uh, it's fun to just be a fly on the wall during a session. Mm-hmm. So it's actually an open Discord where I can let people in to just listen while we record sessions. Oh yeah, uh, or while we're while we're playing sessions. And there's a couple people who ha- are doing that, and they come and they they actually listen in to the sessions. And sure. then I we also have the ability, really really cool, to let them be a part of it by being an npc so i i because because as a dm you have to be every character that's not one of the player characters i have now written characters that uh you know uh my friend langel comes in and he's not one of the six party members and you know i would love to have more people but six is a lot of people to manage six is a lot dude I'm, i'm working with five right now and that's a lot Six is a lot of people to manage. Imagine eight. It's no mind blowing. I'm not a good enough to. DM to manage eight people. So instead, you're on That's the six wild. players or with the six players. Yeah. So they play different characters who pop up once in a while and do different things. Yeah. Um, one of them plays uh plays a dragonborn named Miss Vars, and she's the she's the mayor of the town. And I'm oh, like, cool. write whatever you want. This is your character. Uh, and this town's got walls all around it uh made her made her pretty much donald trump uh, oh, and nice. it's really fun uh because he's like he he makes him it's like super loose donald trump but then takes it to like 110 
like way past 11. I don't think I'd ever want to see super loose Donald Trump at 110. So just make the most despicable human being or the most despicable being you can imagine that's still like not a evil person. It's amazing. So all the characters hate her, but also they're like, but she is kind of doing some good things. So like we can't, we can't kill her because she is at the same time they love the the person who's playing that character and then there's another character that he plays that has the voice of macho man randy savage which is super Ooh, good brother oh, yeah <laughs> and, and and uh they're like they were like this old man in the first episode who just randomly disappeared and now he just like uses his disembodied voice whenever he wants and i it's wild do whatever you want so i um just to retcon it i'm like that's the voice in your heart and so he can just say whatever he wants whenever he wants and he just throws in jokes it is so much fun to be able to include that's other great. people so i don't have to do all the voices that's really nice i haven't incorporated that yet i've been an npc for other dms before i've been like yeah. oh will you come in and fill in with this character because i've played dozens and dozens of characters over the course of my my yeah. gaming career and somebody would be like you know remember that character you played back in fucking 2011 like I mean, he might be a good choice to, to bring in as an NPC for this game, um, which is great. Or, uh, you know, creating something new is always super fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't incorporated, like, listener um, uh, uh, interaction, like, in, into the show yet. Uh, we do a, some r real play episodes. Um, one of the more recent episodes of Roll With Me was a a take from when we were trying out call of cthulhu mm -hmm. uh which was a lot of fun um yeah, using the monster of the week party which was uh just wild and zany and we will be doing a lot more of that um once we start our next arc of monster of the week i'll be doing real play episodes through roll with me as well uh, that, that is an open channel channel discord server can go on and watch us make the rolls see the imagery that i put out there uh and they can listen live uh and and listen to us play uh, you know, warts and all, which is a lot of fun. That's really exciting. It's it's so much fun too to um to be able to to hear it live too. Because sometimes, you know, when you're listening to a show like uh you know uh the Adventure Zone and stuff like that, that a lot of times they cut out a lot of the the in between stuff, which is fine oh, and yeah. probably what you want from a polished show like that. But there's a lot of stuff that like happens in the in between that's a lot of fun to see and to to be a part of. Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, the the episode that I just put out um, in Vampire in Paris was uh, was was a real play episode of of our Monster of the Week campaign in, in Call of Cthulhu, one that I was just talking about. But uh, I mean, it it ended up being about two and a half hours. Uh, it was it was four and a half hours of material, and I spent sixteen or seventeen hours editing it down. Like mm -hmm. that's how much hits the cutting room floor, wow. and you're still getting the full story. Yeah, it's huge. It's a lot of fun. I, I Pepin, tell tell me what are what are your thoughts on D and D now? Now that you've you've heard quite play? a bit different, what's different in your mind than what you were expecting, and what's the same? Is it pretty much like you thought it was? Uh to some degree, it's a little bit different. It, it's it makes me want to play. Is essentially <laughs> is the main thing because it it, yeah. it it it's I kind of want to get my my feet wet or my hands dirty, mm -hmm. and I don't know if, if this is just my personality, but like 
DMing sounds a lot of fun to me because I'm kind of like meter and a little bit of a control freak, and I kind of I'm more of a facilitator than I am a player a lot of times. I like to make sure people are having fun. I don't like having fun myself because that seems like too much. So, but but it definitely seems like it would be very interesting. I do like the role play aspect, and I, I don't know if I could join a group at some point. That would be I think a lot of what of uh, Friday night, seven p.m. If you're ever available, let me know. I'll get you in as an NPC. You can see how everything works. Or if someone drops out, we'll get you in. Okay. See, there you go. You got the in right in. now. I can have you as an NPC to start out. You can get your get your RP down. And that then, is a good uh, way to get your feet wet. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, do I get uh, to like, talk? Also, what's that? Do I get to talk? Do I get to be like, hey, I'm an NPC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's a NPC, really good typically idea. Typically, all you do is talk. That's a really uh, good idea as an NPC. You should be like, hi, I'm an NPC. My name, <laughs> what, whatever. Doesn't matter. Here's your quest. All right. That's See awesome. you in three episodes. That's great. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, um, I, I, I'm going to be doing some more episodes, actually, that are not from my campaigns. But there are some new RPGs coming out right now. Uh, and if I can do a shameless plug here... Uh, uh, Jetpack Comics is is my like big sponsor for for Roll with Me. Um, Jetpack Comics and Games in Rochester, New Hampshire, great place. I, yeah. I've been there. Your, that uh... place is amazing. I was gonna Highly say, yeah, 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 I love them. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 love, I just love those. Passed guys. by them yesterday. Yeah, it's they are street. They're amazing. Um, and they have so the the owner of Jetpack, Ralph, who is like just the coolest guy ever, and his son was actually the, my first guest on my show. Um. But uh, so Ralph has tasked me with reviewing new RPGs and new games that are coming to the store so that they can have like firsthand testimonials for people who want to buy new games and try new things out. Um, and I have received a couple of games from Jetpack to play test and, and review. And I'll be doing some new episodes about that. So if you guys ever want to hop on and play some sort of silly role-playing game with me and some and some friends uh and we can review and 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 make that happen uh, i'm sure uh, i'm sure jetpack comics would be very happy to see that i am all, i'm 100 percent on board for that that sounds awesome it sounds very cool very cool yeah they're right down the road they're very local that's very cool yeah well the name it's, of the show is roll with me is it sure is um, head on over Michael Wingate CV, the doctor. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's nice to see you, boys. You as well, for sure. And uh, thank you, thank you to the audience as always. Um, and you can find Roll with Me anywhere you get podcasts. Um, I personally use Apple Podcasts, and they're not paying me to say that yet. <laughs> I personally use Spotify, and they are paying me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, tell me tell me something about Dungeons and Dragons that you learned today. So I learned that when you first enter a dungeon, you roll a perception check, and then you see if you should go forth and venture, and then you kill everything, uh, and then you know when the DM complains that your friends are dead right there, you just say, "Hey, this is the way things are. You know why? Because I'm the dungeon master now." <laughs> Nate, we need to talk. 